Hi there, welcome to Football Anya. It's podcast 86 and we're here now at the last 16 of Euro 2020. It's really exciting times, Dutch football fans. We're happy that you for joining us, whether you're watching on YouTube, SoundCloud or iTunes. If you're watching on YouTube or if you're not watching on YouTube, you can, of course, see us. It's me and Mike here and we're talking about the last 16 tie today. But of course, if you're on YouTube and you want to be able to download our podcast, you can go to SoundCloud and you can download it so you can listen to us on the go. If you have been missing out on all of our match reactions recently, we've done a match reaction to each of the last of the group games for the Netherlands in Group C, and I'll be one again at a Czech Republic game. Mike, it's great to have you here, and you're wearing your your shirt again. You've got you're full of Netherlands shirts. How many have you got? Um, three official ones, and then a few retro ones to to bring out as well. Um, yeah, I've got a whole collection. To, re- to represent a few of the tournaments that I've watched. I've gathered a few of them already. I do love the colour on that one, to be fair, just to mm. set it apart. And yeah, we're, we're going to be talking about the Czech Republic. We're obviously given the Na- Netherlands flavour on, on, on the game, and it's just opened up this half of the draw, which the Dutch are in. If, if, it, if they can beat the Czech Republic, which on paper doesn't look the most difficult tie that could have been handed, they could have been put into the third place from the group of death. And then after Czech Republic, it's looking like it'd be Wales-Denmark and a semi-final against possibly a Germany or an England who aren't on top of, fo- on top of their form. And it is very easy to look at that, that, that draw now and to get very carried away, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I think everyone, yes, they, as much as people say that you want to... <laughs> in a major tournament you have to beat what's in front of you and you, sometimes you have to beat the big teams if you're going to win it um, I think everyone would have taken this draw um, I think there are probably a few nervous people I was watching the, the Sweden-Poland mm. game thinking it's all it's all nice and easy Sweden 2-0 up and it's it's cruising and then when Lewandowski scored those two goals I was getting a bit nervous because um, Poland were attacking but yeah it's lucky that Sweden got the, the winner there and yeah Czech probably it's not going to be easy I think they're physical side it can definitely cause everyone some problems but if you handed me Czech Republic or, or Portugal as the two options you know I'm going to pick Czech Republic every single time because it's the sort of team that everyone's been facing already they're, they're on par there with you know Ukraine and Austria you know, that sort of level side um, and yeah everyone's going to that game as favourites and it's just up to them to, to turn up and, and show up on the day The Dutch have got history against Czech Republic though and not a particularly good history I think they've actually, they might have lost more games than they've won against the side. But can you just fill us in the last couple of meetings that the Dutch have played against the Czechs? Yeah, I was actually there um, in Amsterdam the last time that they played the Czech Republic. And it was the day that they were officially um, knocked out of Euro 2016. Um, Van Persie scored an own goal and they lost 3-2 at home. Um, I was there in the crowd and yeah, it was a shocking, shocking game. Um and it's a, a dark day for for Dutch football. Um, and now, you know, six years later, um, the Netherlands football is on the rise again and they can show that against Czech Republic. So, you know, Czech Republic that stopped them from getting to Euro 2016. Now it's Czech Republic standing in the way of Netherlands going to a, a quarterfinal. So it's going to be a very interesting game. Um, and I think this Czech side's a lot different from the ones that Netherlands have faced in the past. Um, it's probably one that hasn't got the, the bigger names that Czech Republic maybe have had in the past. Um, 
but still a, a physical side with a informed striker and a a tall, um, powerful midfielder who can score goals as well. So they're definitely ammunition in this check side to cause Nirvans a lot of problems if they're not at it and you know they can't give away chances like they have done in the, the previous games um, because Patrick Schick's on good form and he'll take them. We'll talk about the Czech Republic side in just a moment. A couple of comments from people that are watching with us live on on YouTube just talking about your shirt, Mike. The Daidara says you got a nice 2008 shirt from the Euros. And George Oss was saying um, that it's a nice jersey and they should have won that Euros in 2008. For those who aren't watching on, on YouTube, yeah, that he, he's wearing his 2008 shirt and I, I do like the trim. So Czech Republic side has got Thomas uh, Suchek, the West Ham midfielder. He's been supreme this season. Re- really good midfield force. I I got to say, I, I watched them against England. I, I didn't I didn't notice them quite so much. Perhaps I wasn't watching it fully. Or was, it, the England games have been rather boring, if you ask me. I, I, I'm, I'm English. I'm, I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch those games as well as the Netherlands games. <laughs> I didn't I didn't notice them so much. There's some other Czech Republic players too, which of course the Dutch have got to watch out for. But where, where do you see the main problems being? And, and Schick has definitely come up in, in the names that have been tossed around with the Czech Republic side. He's, he plays for Leverkusen, a uh, good player. What, what, which players are you, are you most worried about, Mike? And especially considering how the Dutch play, who worries you the most? Yeah, I think that Patrick Schick's obviously once in form. He's the goal scorer. And somebody like Suchek can cause Nervans some problems if if he's getting on the end of crosses and you know to get dead ball situations that's what they'll want um is try and get in there and try and get and goals from crosses you know I watched the game against Scotland I thought you know it's quite even the game um Scotland actually created quite a few chances just couldn't take them um but then it was a cross for for Schick's first goal which is a header and um, that's for strength wise and then the second goal is just a freak Absolute amazing finish from from halfway. Um, so I just hope that Stick Ellenberg stays in goal for 90 minutes. Um, but yeah, the Czech side have got some players that we know well. Uh, Michael Sadelek, the, the PSV midfielder, he's in the squad. And Thomas Callas, um, I'm sure he's played in the Eredivisie before. Well, yeah, he's played with Vitesse before, yeah. so we know him. Um, I think defensively, um, his team can be, can be got at. Um, I think Scotland, as I said, created chances against them. Um, Croatia scored a, a lovely goal against them, and England beat them. Um, they've only conceded twice in this this tournament, but everyone's attack is where the strength lies. You need to try and put his Czech defence under pressure, and then not give away any silly free kicks around the box where they can exploit their their height mm-hmm. through Suchek and and Schick. Um, something that'll be key. I watched Grealish put the cross in against Czechs, where he he scored the goal. They seem to be able to be got out in wide areas. Was it the same against Scotland? I know Scotland play the five at the back as well, which the Dutch do too. Is that a way you think that the Dutch can can attack the Czechs? Yeah, I think that when Scotland fullbacks aren't the same strength as a Denzel Dumfries and a Patrick mm-hmm. Van Hoek, um, sadly didn't have Kieran Tierney in that game, and they didn't decide to, to start with Billy Gilmore. So we don't know if a full strength Scotland would have been even more effective against them. But Andy Robertson had a lot of joy on the left and against Czech Republic and he was creating pretty much everything. So um, I'll be down to the win-backs. Um, Memphis, if he gets out wide, it depends on who plays up front with him. Um, but I think 
on the on the sides is definitely where they can attack and you know Denzel will be be key again if you can get him in behind the, the Czech defence. I'm sure that they'll be wary of that. I think that because I've watched Netherlands games in the group stages and know how big a threat that Denzel is on the, the right if they allow him to, to just steamroll into the box like Ukraine, Austria and, and North Macedonia did in the first half. So they'll probably try and tighten up. But then the more they pay attention to Denzel, the less they'll pay attention to the strikers and that will also play into everyone's hands. So we'll see what lineup that Frank de Boer goes with, whoever he goes with the big man. Um, big horse if he goes with Malin, who is very impressive um, against North Macedonia. So that's that's a tough choice that Frank de Boer has. But I think either of those lineups can cause Czech Republic a lot of, of damage, on, especially on the counter or from the wide areas. So perhaps a five-three-two will be will be a good way of attacking attacking Czech Republic. If you've got Denzel Dumfries is on form, and Van Aanholt has proved himself to be someone who can play really high at the pitch, and knows what he's doing with the ball when he receives it, unlike Vindal, who hasn't impressed so much in those areas. Matine, who's watching live with us, says we must not underestimate Czech Republic. However, apart from Schick and Sercek, they are a very very unimpressive sides. So I'll sit back and hope that Schick can score from fifty meters. Yeah, I think. With the right areas, it's, it's important for the Czech Republic to sit back. And that means if you invite that pressure, the Netherlands are going to be able to, to attack, attack, attack. And you know that with these attacking players they've got, they're going to take chances, they're going to score goals. The players that the Netherlands have, they're used to, uh, to attacking defensive sides. They've all played in the area of Z. They all know what it's like to break down teams. You've got players like Memphis and Wijnaldum, who, who are potent, scoring goals. They're actually two of the most informed players in the whole competition, along with Dumfries on the right side. So... Attacking-wise, it's looking fantastic. The concern for me comes when the Netherlands are trying to, are trying to defend for, for five minutes and the Czech Republic can create a lot of chances to the middle, which Daron has been criticised for, for not, not cutting out enough of the, chan- of the chances. Liam is asking a question which you was you were talking about just then, Mike. Marlon or Verhorst, what do you think De Burr will do? I like Marlon against North Macedonia, but it was North Macedonia. And I also quite like what Vechorst did against Austria. Who do you go with? Right now, it's it's the toss of a coin, I think, for mm. De Boer. Um, you've got the pace and trickery of Malin, who interacted well going forward at times. Um, sometimes there's a bit of sloppy play, but again, it's the same with Vechorst. Sometimes there's sloppy play where the, the passes break down. If you're going for physicality, mm-hmm. thinking that you need somebody in that checkbox who's going to put himself about, then you go with Vechorst. Or if you go with somebody that's going to maybe getting behind the Czech defence. If they play a high line, then you're going to have to go with Malin. So it's great to know that, you know, Netherlands have these options because we're debating before the tournament how, or just a few years ago, how Netherlands have no strikers. And now the biggest decision is which, which striker do you play up front? Um, and Frank de Boer has two, two great choices there. So whichever one he goes with, I think that they'll be very motivated to, to play. I think it's a shame for Luke Dion that he's out now. Um, Injured in midweek, he won't play any part. But it was the right decision to to bench him and make him a reserve because he isn't of the same quality as Vekhorst or Malin. Um, so right now, I can't call it. I think one part of me thinks that he's going to go with Vekhorst. Just a slight part of me thinks he might go with him. Um, but yeah, we won't know until, until Sunday and, and Czech Republic won't know either. So that's a good thing that the Bears going to keep them guessing. Are they going to come up against a strong tall forward? They're going to come up against Malin, and they won't know until the last minute. And you know, the Bears not going to tell us that. So that's one key decision that he has to get right. 
I think unless one of the strikers is having an absolute blinder of a game, I can see both of them having a role to play. One probably play 60 minutes, and one will play 30 minutes. But it depends on the situation of the match. If it's 90 minutes, it's nil-nil. You can see one of them getting a lot, a longer period of time on the pitch. But they're great options to have. One brings more pace, and like you say, the other one brings more, more power and, and hold-up play. I think he'll go for Weckhorst. But like I also said, I think Marlon will get plenty of time on the pitch to prove himself, whether the Netherlands are winning or not. I think if the Netherlands are winning, you, you put Marlon on and you can use him on the counter-attack. It's a really important player to have. If, if you're watching along um, live or if you're not watching on live, do give us a comment about which players you would start. Would you go with Weckhorst? Would you go with Marlon? Comment along and we'll get back to your comment no matter what. And if you can't comment on YouTube or SoundCloud, then you can send us a message on Twitter and we'll reply to you. The other decision that De Boer's got to make is Havenberg or Derone. Obviously, Derone's played the first two matches and Havenberg came in possibly because he needs to get some minutes, but also because Derone was on a yellow card suspension for the last 16, had he played. Um, and Dara actually said that we might have more of the ball against the Czechs, so therefore, who is the right player to play? Well, we had more in the ball against Ukraine. We had more in the ball against Austria. We had more in the ball against North Macedonia. Um, I know he went with Grand Park, but Darun probably would have played if he wasn't on a yellow card. So I don't think that observation really makes a difference with De Boer. I think he's going to pick Darun. I think he comes straight back into the yeah. 11. Yeah. I think he's such a, an important player for De Boer's system. Um, I don't necessarily get it. Um, but then against North Macedonia, they did create chances and they got through the middle so easily. So... Mm-hmm. If you play with Gravenberg and you play with Frankie de Jong, they need to be tighter in front of the defence. Um, I think he's seen that against North Macedonia. And he'll probably be... You'll want to go conservative. He's not going to want to, to make any mistakes with his lineup. So I think he will go with, with Darun in there. I think 10 of the 11 places are certain. The one that's not is either Malin or Veghorst. And in the comments as well, Rob thinks that, that Marlon should start because of the quick breaks that the England were having against Czech Republic? I think it works if he starts with Eichhorst and they get a goal and then Czech Republic have to attack and say in the second half and that's when you bring on Malin, fresh legs, fresh pace. Czech Republic will have to push forward and, and Malin will get in behind. I think that tactic could work. Yep, I agree with that too. This pace is really important. I still think Eichhorst ca- carries that, that extra sort of element in the, in the in the side because Memphis can also bring the pace but it, it's really difficult making a decision because there's such such different strikers but I'd be so happy with either of them in the team I, I wouldn't mind at this point Shahid asked a good question here given the path that the Netherlands have got to the semi-finals do you think they will give extra pressure to the Netherlands players now I personally think it won't I think it will spur them on yeah, I think um, right now they probably think that they've got a great chance of making the final. Um, and you know, we noticed Netherlands teams very motivated. The players always speak about their motivation. It's a good group. They're all together and the motivation is to get to the, the final. And I think that the draw has been kind to them. Um, and you now we need to see that the players step up and, and do what's expected of them. And I think that they'll know that this is a, a wonderful chance for them. Um, and we need to see it on the pitch. The one element we've not discussed yet is it's the first game that will be outside of Amsterdam. So, luckily, it's in Budapest, and I think that a lot of Neville fans will be allowed to travel there um, to actually watch the game. But it's the first game that's not on home soil, so we'll see if that element 
comes into play, but I don't think it, it really should. It's not home soil for either team, so it's it's neutral ground. If Netherlands fans can get in there and make a lot of noise, um, then then really cheer the guys the guys on. But yeah, the players will be very much for this game. It's their chance to to get to a final and make history. So yeah, I think they'll be very motivated. I think also that you make a point that it's not on home soil, but in Budapest, so many Evans fans will be allowed in. And I'm sure they make a brilliant noise. It's less distance for Czech Republic fans to to travel, but we know what the Dutch fans are like. They're they're partisan crowds, and I'm, I'm sure that they will feel like there's a bit of a home crowd feel to it. A bit like an FA Cup final, you, you've got lots of fans behind you. Max has a good comment. Do you think Havenberg underwhelmed against North Macedonia? The British commentators weren't uh, that that positive about him, and they just thought that he was having an okay game. I think that's a little bit unfair on, on him as a whole. In given his season tie with Ajax, but in a Netherlands shirt, he didn't have his best performance, to be fair. Yeah, I think a lot is expected of, of Ravenberg when he plays, um, especially leading up to the tournament. I think um, a lot of people would have seen him play for Ajax in the Champions League. Um, and, you know, you had some podcasts leading up to the tournament, some of the big British ones, putting him forward as, you know, one of the young stars to watch in the tournament. Um, and when he got his first start, people would have been expecting absolute fireworks. Um, from him, but he's not that sort of player. Um, I think he did his job okay. I think he did leave gaps at times. I think he did lose the ball a few times. I think he did okay. It's a lot of pressure starting your first game in, in the European Championships at 19, but I think he was he was decent. Um, he's got that game out of his way. Um, if he does get another chance to start, I'm sure he'll be used to it doing more and, and he'll be able to grow into this side. Um, I've seen some criticism of him in the Dutch press as well, saying that Maybe I think it was it Marco Van Basten who's a little bit critical of him, saying that maybe he thinks it's the same sort of level that he comes up against with Ajax, and he wasn't um, not prepared for the game. But we'll see um, if he gets another chance because I, I think he's a great player. I think he is one of the best young midfielders in, in Europe, and I think he's got a great future ahead of him. And this is the start, so I think we'll we'll see a lot more of of Rambert and and everyone shirt, and a lot more of games that he dominates. Um, but yes, it wasn't the best performance from him. Um, but it wasn't certainly bad. Yeah, I agree. Urien Timber's been the one that stood up for me. I can't believe how much he's progressed since he just came into the Ajax team in this calendar year. Well, what an insane progression he's made. Oh yeah, he's fantastic talent. Um, right now, you say he's, he's the guaranteed starter in that Ajax defence now. Um, it's hard mm-hmm. to see Schurz getting back in. Um, at the moment, because I think Martinez, Blind, and, and Timber are definitely the the three that are ahead in the pecking order. And, and the fact that Timber can even go out and play on the right as well and do just the same job, just even better. Because um, he came on against North Macedonia, played a right back. Um, even that shot, you know, he scored from was was great. And yeah, I think that it's just insane to think how many centre backs Netherlands can produce. Um, at the moment. So it's just a position that's absolutely stacked. Um, you didn't think of Scurries, you think of Botman didn't make the squad, um, and players like that. So Teze is coming through at PSV. Um, so you've just got so many options at centre-back and it's, it's great for the future. Um, by the time the next World Cup comes up, there's probably be even more bigger selection headaches for whoever's in charge, whether it's De Boer or whoever it's going forward. So yeah, it's, it's great to see Netherlands producing so many centre-backs. Um, we just need to produce in other positions and then it'll be, be all set for years to come. 
it's such exciting times that all these players coming through. I can't believe how well they're doing at this tournament so far, probably because of the fact of Burr's in charge, but they are really doing well. This this tie against Czech Republic has got to feel a bit like they are the same standard of team that they have been playing so far. Ukraine, Austria, they're a team they should be beating. We can we can sit here again again when 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 they've played with Czech Republic, and if they'd have been knocked out, then then we say that they obviously must have underperformed to have gone out to a, a Czech Republic side. But really, they should be beating them. And 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 uh, the Ukraine game was difficult, but Ukraine did score from two goals out of nothing. I think that this this game is 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 going to be similar level though, where if they can manage it carefully and not see too many chances, it shouldn't be that much hard work against them. And then it's against Wales or or Denmark. Denmark emotionally charged. We'll talk about it if they get there, of course. But again, a team that that, that they should be beating. It's when you come up against a Portugal, a Spain, a France that we've been talking about all along that they are going to be the side that the Netherlands have to really improve against to try and try and make waves in this tournament. And had they faced a team from the group of death in the last 16 or an Italy or Belgium in the quarterfinals, we would have been very pessimistic about the tournament. But there's people in the comments saying that, that, that this, this draw feels like there's something special that could be about to happen. I know that we're talking about we shouldn't get carried away. But overall, this tie against Czech Republic, there's no excuses, right? Yeah, it's famous, it's famous last words to, to say stuff like this. It um, it's knockout tournament football. Um, anything can happen. But watching this, the Czech side against Scotland, one thing I noticed is that they don't have much on the wings and in terms of pace and trickery. Something that everyone struggle with is players getting in behind or getting run at blind. Um, Patrick Schick seems physical, um, seems like a good presence, but then you've got DeLict on him. He should be able to marshal him, then you've got DeVry as well. I can't see Czech Republic having any really pacey players. I might be wrong, um, I've not watched a lot of them, but I don't think they have anyone that can really run at the Netherlands defence as far as I've seen. They don't seem to be that sort of team, whereas Yarmolenko causes problems um, for the Czech Republic. Um, so, not Czech Republic, for Ukraine. Um, and players like that, that, that would get in behind the Netherlands defence. Um, players that going forward that you'd, you'd have to face, maybe England in the semi-final, someone like Raheem Sterling getting in behind Daily Blind would be an issue. So, yeah, for me, the Netherlands will be favourites for this tie. Um, Going into it and rightly so, um, but I can't underestimate this the Czech Republic side because you, you underestimate teams like this in this stage at your peril. Um, and if Netherlands aren't at their 100% best, then there is the chance that they will go out. They will be sitting here gutted on Sunday night, thinking what what chance that would have been, and um, to reach the semi-finals, and then yeah, you, you throw it away. Um, so let's just see what happens on Sunday. Netherlands are our favourites going into it, and let's hope that they produce. A very diplomatic answer, Mike. Fair enough. I can see that that, that if it goes wrong on Sunday, we're, we're, we're going to be really mucked off at the burr for, for getting some things wrong. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, we can be optimistic last, that it'll go far. I did say in the last one that the burr is safe now. Um, yeah. After yeah. going for the group, I think if he does lose this game, then there is still a chance that he could get replaced. Um mm. If this was Portugal they were coming up against and they lost, I think the KMVB would have been like, oh, well, fair enough. But with this route, maybe there'll be some tough conversations if they do go out. That is fair enough. 
Max commented on live saying, saying thank you for, for us. So thank, thank you, Max, for your comment too. Of course, if you do want to support us in any other way, you can still get to have a football down your wristband. You know, since the Euros has started, they've actually gone off the shelves even, even quicker than, than before. So if you still want yourself one, you can get one in the YouTube um, description or SoundCloud description. It's a link at the top or on the Football Danny Twitter page. Of course, you can follow Mike and I on Twitter too. We, our Twitter handles are right here on StreamYard. I was going to ask for your prediction, Mike. Czech Republic, Netherlands, because uh, you be able to get up the wings. But you don't see the Netherlands going scoring three or four. Of course not. It's going to be a tight match. Well, what is your prediction right now? I think I sent another diplomatic one. <laughs> Very safe prediction. Two one Netherlands. Um, let's go positive and say that I win two one. Um, I'm excited for the game, but I also I know I'll be nervous wreck for it. Um, and so I hope that Netherlands will be comfortable and score a couple of error goals. But I just can't see it. I think I'll be a nervy clash and let's hope that everyone's come out on top I actually think it will be a draw in normal time I think they'll win in extra time I think it'll be 1-1 and then a 2-1 win like you said but in extra time and I'll go with Memphis because, uh, given the heroics <laughs> I'll see what happens I, I, I also wanted to get your opinion on De Boer then in general if he win, he's won three out of three in the, in the group stage now the dust has settled on, on those three games I know that we still need to see how he gets on against Czechs. I actually put out a poll on YouTube and the reaction was very much, we still need to see how he gets on in a game like this. But he, but he has impressed with, with what he's done with the team. You, you can criticise him as much as like before tournament. I did too. But the formation has worked in some ways and the player selections have worked too. He's managed to get some really good performances out of some players who are good at club level, but it's just elevated them that extra step. Yeah. Um, everyone's predicting the bird disaster beforehand, and that's not happened. Um, they're in the last 16 with a chance to, to make the quarterfinals. And that's, you can say it's because of the players on the pitch and the, the motivation that they have, but the bird has to come into it and get some credit um, for the way that they're playing. And yeah, I think that, if that Ukraine game, you have to go back to that first game against Ukraine. If that had, if that stayed two two or gone wrong, the pressure would have been so high on on De Boer after that thrown away a two goal lead. Um, everything would have been finger pointing at him, and he would have taken all the blame for it, um, whether that's right or wrong. But it's not happened with one free game so far. You say that Netherlands have done what's expected of them with the, the level of opposition, but you can also say that De Boer has done done very well. And, yeah, I think he deserves credit for now, but it's now a case of how far can we get? And this is a game that, on paper, Netherlands are, are the favourites for. So if Czech Republic dominate the game and Netherlands go out, then De Boer's got something very, very wrong and he'll deserve the stick that he'll get afterwards. But for right now, it's just get behind him. I think it's now, it's not a time to start um, criticising the revenue now is the time to support every single factor of this team and get right behind them going into this this knockout stage and um, let's try and enjoy it and it's hopefully it's, it's going to be something great at the end of it The players I agree with you that, that they are possibly playing for the shirt they are players who are, are passionately playing for their country and it takes to out the equation 
De Boer's probably the one to put them in this formation, though. And I could see in training before the tournament that they were using dump freeze, for example, as a player who's going to come in from the right side and, and score goals and make chances. So this is a planned thing that was meant to happen. I'm looking at the coaching staff that are with De Boer, and the assistant coaches are Dwight Lodovakos and Ruud van Nistelrooy. They possibly have a, a part to play in this. I'm, I'm saying this because of how poor, poor De Boer's done in his career. That I wonder if these guys have made a difference. But De Boer also includes a lot of the players in decisions that are made in how they play and, uh, for example, who plays, things like that. What impact do you think the players have had? And on top of that, what impact do you think Lodovakos and Van Nistelrooy have had on the squad? Yeah, I think that Lodovay, he's he was there from the coming days and um, he stayed on. Um, I think he's a good good coach. He's he's a tactics man, um, if you like. And yeah, I think he's he's a great asset to the national team. And I think Rude Van Story coming in will just something that the players can relate to and really get behind and they know that he's been at the major tournaments he's done before and I think he'll be a great motivator for them. Um, especially the younger players in, in nervous moments, I think. Seeing Rude Van Nistelrooy and being able to chat to him will be a huge help. I think on the field, Netherlands just have leaders everywhere. Um, you talk about at the back, you've got De Ligt and De Vrij. In the midfield, you've got Frankie and Wijnaldum, who I think has had an outstanding tournament. Um, and he's been a great leader. And up front, you've got somebody like Memphis, who is also a, a great leader for this national team. So I think if you've got that core spine of, of players in there, then also Daily Blend as well. Let's not forget him as well. He's in there as well. Um, that core of players have led Netherlands to this stage. And you'd like to think that those guys are the ones that will get Netherlands going forward, even despite of De Boer and maybe some strange tactical decisions or anything like that. So, yeah, I think that it's, it's, it's a collective unit. I think everyone right now is doing very well in their job and it's going really well. If Czech Republic take the lead... Say on Sunday, let's see what happens when this Netherlands side takes um, has some adversity against them and see if they can bounce back. Because that was the big thing under Koeman is when they went behind, you always felt like they could come back and, and take a draw or get a win. So if the Boers side go behind, does the heads drop or do they get themselves up and pick themselves up and, and go forward? So we'll see what happens on Sunday. But I think right now they all deserve credit for the way they've done so far in this tournament. And for a coach that's perceived as, as very negative, the fact that he's beaten this record of the Netherlands scoring two goals or more in 10 successive games, which has never been done by Dutch Dutch national team before, that's a fantastic thing for, for De Boer to do, to prove people wrong about, about his tactics. And I'm not going to sit here and say that I am now his biggest fan. I'm not. But he has definitely quieted some people down with, with what people think of him. He is he a defensive coach? Well, after this record, maybe not. He scored three against Ukraine, two against Austria, three against North Macedonia. He'd just sit back on a one-nil lead, did he? So, do you think that he's he's changed the way he works with players, or is it maybe the teams they've been facing? It could be. It's a factor of both. Um, it's hard to say stereotypes and a lot of. De Boer's criticism when club football was his arrogance and how he works with players, right? How he works with players. Um, so maybe with the Dutch national team and the players that he has, that doesn't come across as, as much as it did abroad. Um, and 
you saw how he worked at Ajax, except for the last season, he was a success. And maybe it's the type of players that De Boer works with. Maybe some people don't like the way he handles himself in training. And you know, you got a lot of people that when he was at Atalanta saying they were getting annoyed, or maybe an inter that you know De Boer was you know trying to take free kicks and showing him how to do it because he was pinging every single one in the top corner. Then criticizing the players for not being able to do that, but I think everyone's players would probably react quite well to that. Um, I think so. I think it, it's working well at the moment. And then on the other hand, yes, it's the opposition. You know, everyone's haven't faced a group of death here. It's not like and they've come past France that way to get to this stage and they've beaten everybody. You know, they've beaten teams that they're expected to beat. So it's again, you can only beat what's in front of you. Um, and have done that. I kind of parallel it to what England went through in the last World Cup when they got to the semi-finals. Um, they didn't exactly have the hardest of draws, but they got there. Um, and this is what everyone's have at the moment. They've got through a, a good group and the pathway to the semi-finals isn't the toughest. And now you just need to make sure that everyone's do the job on the pitch. The, yeah, the, the draw is, is is one that is akin to what England had. They they then beat Sweden and Colombia on their way to the semis. The Netherlands have got a, a similarly not quite as difficult run. I think people will be breathing a collective sigh of relief looking at the draw compared to what, for example, Belgium have got. Don't they face Portugal and then possibly Italy in the quarterfinals and possibly a France in the semifinals? And the Netherlands in the final, <laughs> but it could have been so much worse. Yeah, um, I think everyone's looking at it now and going right. Netherlands will get through that. They'll get Denmark or Wales. I think both of them would be really tough games. I think Gareth Bale could cause Netherlands defence quite a lot of problems. Mm. Um, and they've looked like a, a pocky side. You know, you've got Aaron Ramsey in there. You've got Kiefer Moore up front. Who's, I think it would give De Vrij and Delict a good game. Um, and you got Denmark, obviously very, very motivated at the moment and and running on emotions. Um, so they would be, be tough ties. And after that, then you're looking at a game at Wembley against, on paper, you'd say England or Germany. So, I mean, that's Netherlands Germany to massive rivals. I know England seem to think that they're Germany's biggest rivals, but, you know, it's, it's Netherlands Germany that they really hate each other. So that would be a big grudge match in the semi-finals at, at Wembley. That would be a great game to, to see. Um, and then going on in the final, then anything can happen. But yeah, let's not just, it's hard not to, but let's just not get too carried away. Um, and let's try and just beat what's in front of you and that's Czech Republic. Yeah, I can see you see how you're seeing it, Mike, but if you don't get carried away, you can't have loads and loads of fun with it. So let's get a little mm. bit carried away and enjoy it. But it'll be even worse if it is against Czech Republic on Sunday, if we're going to get too carried away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great run ahead of them and we can only say that the Netherlands have got a very good chance to, to go far in this and they've got to make the most of it. And given the group stage performance, I think the confidence levels have raised in De Boer. And once the players are on side with that too, they were a little bit sceptical of the formation change, but now that they seem to be on more on side with it, the sky's the limit, so let's see where they can go. De Jong's just started to come into form. Van Adam's having a great tournament, so is Memphis. The defence is working. We know the limitations of it with the full-backs coming back, but also Blint having not played too many minutes. And we know that he's on the pitch more for his footballing ability rather than his one-on-one defending. But there are great strengths of having Blint in the side, De Vry and De Ligt and, and five at the back. A final question, Mike, before we head on to the end of our podcast. 
a couple of people have been asking about De Jong, Luke De Jong, that he's injured, he's out. But with three fit strikers who are ahead of him anyway, is it worth even replacing him? And if you were going to replace him, who would it have been with? So he can't be replaced now. He can't call up anyone to, into the squad. So he couldn't be replaced, even if De Bruyne wanted to, which I don't think he would. Um, but yeah, I think I think you're right. I think De Jong, he came on off the bench in the last, say, 10 minutes of the first two games. Um, and I think that De Bruyne now has other options that he can use. And he's, he's basically a third-choice striker um, to partner Memphis. So I don't think he's going to be missed that much. Um, I know that Van Adam said today he's a big presence in the dressing room, um, the experience and the way he always points out things that are going wrong. But um, on the pitch, I don't see him being that big a miss when you've got their course and, and Mound come in there. And both both of them can give De Boer different tactical options. So for me, um, we all know that I'm not Luke De Jong's biggest fan in the national team, but I do feel it's a shame for him um, missing out on the rest of the tournament. Just like it's a shame for Donny van de Beek to have to, to pull out before the game started. But for me on right now, I don't feel like any of them, either of them have been missed in the squad. I think van de Beek wouldn't have offered much um, given his season that he's had. I don't think Luke De Jong would offer any more than Veghorst or Malin would. I think it's very strange that the team has changed so much since the March friendlies. I thought for so long that it was going to be Klaassen behind playing behind De Jong, a couple of wingers, 4-3-3, bind out left back, crawl possibly in goal, or or Sillison. The team has changed so much and for the better. Oh yeah, yeah. To think that come on score going into the Brian Babel wouldn't have been here. Tim Crow's not starting goal and David Claston hasn't even played a single minute. You'd mm. you'd think it's shocking and you'd think we're mad if we predicted that. Um but yeah, I think De Boer's got his squad selection perfect so far. And I think David Claston, he's a good midfielder, he's had a good season. Um but yeah, I think De Boer's got it right. I think the, the options he has off the bench. I think the only one that I'd say he got wrong was Quincy Promise. Um I think he looked very poor against North Macedonia. He messed up a co- couple of Attacks. Um, I wouldn't want to see him getting any more game time um, for the end of the tournament. And if you had someone like El Ghazi or um, maybe even a Stengs, then it might have been a bit better. But yeah, because we're all talking about Quincy Promise maybe being the, the second choice right wing back and going into the tournament, but that's not really panned out where you've got Dumfries in great form and, and Timber as well as an option. So I think Promise is one that you could say that was the bad pick. But other than that, I think. The squad selection has been great, and he's got his he's got his squad selection right so far. With the Kellenberg doing well in goal, and then it's the rest of the team doing very well. So, yeah, it bodes well for the rest of the tournament. It bodes well for the World Cup qualifiers coming up as well, straight after it. So, there's big games coming up after this tournament as well. And I think the bro will stick with the the five three two, and we'll see if it leads to everyone's top in the World Cup group as well, because they've got some tough games coming up there against against Norway, and then eventually they'll need to get revenge against Turkey as well. Mm, too right. Last comment I'll put up is from Rob. Let's go on and the Danes feel-good story. Beat England at Wembley and shut the French in the thrilling, thrilling final. A great way to finish there. Let's get a little bit carried away. Let's enjoy the tournament. They don't come around very often, especially if you're an Netherlands fan recently with the last couple missing. 
yeah and 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 let, 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 let's enjoy that let's um let's embrace this tournament and the 11s have got a great chance to go very far if you are enjoying our podcasts our match reactions do hit the like button right now to let us know that you're enjoying them and you want us to keep doing them subscribe to football and if you're new go over to our website if you're not a regular person you're going over there and see what we're up to over there all of the latest reactions from the players are on there and the um we've got player ratings after each game to do keep in touch with what we're doing at football daniel because we're following the euros very closely in terms of an evidence's point of view mike just, just get your last thoughts and feelings on the czech republic tie yeah as you say i was trying to enjoy it um it probably will be an every watch but you know as you say tournament football doesn't come around too often and you know i've seen some netherlands teams go far in the, the knockout stages and um, i've seen some bomb out early on um you think of russia that game so let's hope it isn't one of those and let's hope it's a, a 2010 2014 run that we can really get behind the side the the draw has been kind now it's just going you know it's going to win that win that trophy fingers crossed um i can't from georgia saying hope hold on top i think we'll end there see you in the match reaction after the czech republic game and enjoy the game too it'll be a tense one but let's hope the netherlands get there thanks for watching